This is the Bridge Podcast, a sermon discussion with Nate and Brooks. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to the Bridge Podcast. This is Nate. And I'm Brooke. And we are glad to have you join us once again. Yeah. So I um, want to start out by by simply sharing our condolences with, with Chad and his family. Chad lost his grandma uh, this past week and uh, was not able to be here today on on Sunday morning. Um, Tim filled in and and did a fantastic job. But certainly want to share our condolences with Chad and Courtney and and Tessa and Connor and uh, the rest of Chad's family um, as they as they celebrate a life well lived. Yes, the ninety two I think she was. Yeah, she lived a wonderful life. Chad said, and she had, his sister had message. So it was great that. You know, they were all there. They were able to give their condolences. And then I think Chad delivered the sermon or the funeral. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I, I actually had not heard that. I, I did see that they were able to to share some goodbyes yeah. uh, before she passed and sing some songs and say some prayers. And that's always a, a special time. I hope we all get the opportunity to, to pass that way. So, um, again, our condolences to the Maine family. So, um, as we mentioned, Tim, uh, Tim Berkey picked up the sermon this morning. And for those that don't know, Tim is Courtney's father um, and also a part-time stand-up comedian, apparently. So, <laughs> he keeps uh, the laugh, laughs moving. He does. He, he does a great job and always uh, always excited to hear from, from Tim. Even yeah. though, of course, we miss Chad, but always yeah. excited to hear from Tim. So, today, uh, today's message was entitled, um, There is a Gap Between You and What God Said About or Said About Me and What I Actually See in Me. And so really, I guess I probably stumbled over those words a little bit, but what that basically means is, you know, God um, says who we are, and sometimes we doubt what he says, or we don't live fully in what God says about us. And so I thought today's sermon was was fantastic and really challenged us in some key areas. Yeah. It, he actually started out with Matthew 16, um, verses 13 through 19. And I'm going to summarize a little bit of those verses. But basically, it's, you know, Jesus asking the pro, the but his followers about who he is and who they think he is. And, you know, everybody's kind of guessing, right? Playing the guessing game of, well, we think you're, you know, John the Baptist. We think you're Elijah. And going through all of the, we think you're a prophet. Um, those types of answers. And then eventually, Peter, it comes to Peter and Peter finally says, you know, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And again, he's like, oh, yes. So you get this reward basically for getting the correct answer is kind of what I see that those verses as. But really, he's talking about um, we do not define Jesus. Jesus actually defines who we are. And he comes back and says, you know, yes, you are Simon Peter. And this is what you get because you get the keys to the access of heaven essentially is what it comes down to. But um, so I just thought it was a great lead in to kind of who we are and how we define sometimes we know that God is the living sun and the light of the world and how we don't necessarily see each other that way. So, well, that was I, a great lead in. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, I, and a thing that really hit me there, um, and I've thought about this before, you know, the question and the way it was phrased is, who do they say I mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then who do you say I am. And and I think, um, you know, those are two very different questions. Sure. And I would argue that the most important question that we will ever answer in our lifetime is who do you say I am um, as as it relates to, to what God um, would ask of you and so, or what Jesus would ask of you. And so I think, 
you know, I, I remember uh, back in college, somebody once saying, you know, the, the most important question you'll ever answer is who is Jesus, right? Similar thing here. You know, who, who do you say I am Forever. is a critically important question. Yeah, I think it, I, I mean, and we talked about this a little bit I, with this week in my, in my life with my children, we were kind of around and we were talking about heaven, right? Yeah. And so we were thinking about how are you, you know, you hear different aspects of what heaven's going to be like. And we were thinking when you get there, you're going to see that movie film, right? Of yeah. your life, like all, yeah. all the things. Is it going to be full of the mistakes that we made or are you going to, are, are we seeing it through God's eyes of us or are we seeing it through what we think, right? So almost like, am I going to go up there and see what I think I made all these mistakes or is it going to be Jesus playing that film saying, no, but these are all the things that I saw in you. You were the light in these aspects and how we can be better about yeah. that and getting that. I keep, I keep saying the film, right? The movie yeah. playing of, of those positive things that we can. Well, if there if there are no tears in heaven, then I don't get to hear all the bad stuff about me. <laughs> well, so so I will. Good point. So that I will. I'll, I'll take the highlights, yeah, the good true. stuff. But no, I I think that is, and we joke a little bit about that. But I think that's the point, right? That's what God sees. Is he he sees he certainly sees our failures, but what he recognizes is our salvation, yeah. and yeah. and that's the most important thing that matters. So, um, you know. Let's jump into to kind of uh, this idea that Jesus is the light of the world, um, which I think is kind of easy for us to believe as Christians, and that's according to John eight twelve. But then Jesus also says in Matthew five fourteen through sixteen, "You are the light of the world." Yeah. So, Brooke, talk a little bit about this tension between what God says about or what God and Jesus say about themselves or Himself. Yeah versus what he says about us and that gap of belief. Yeah, I think Tim brought up a great point here. He says, we believe Jesus is the light of the world. Like he even did kind of a poll, right? Yep. He said, who of you in here believe that Jesus is the light of the world? Well, of course, everyone would raise their hand yep. upon that. Like, of course, he's the light of the world. But then he actually says in Matthew five fourteen, but you are also the light of the world. And then if you asked and pulled up, like, do you believe you're the light of the world? I don't think as many hands would go up, right? No. So many of us are like, oh, we don't see ourselves as the light of the world. So how can we, if we don't see ourselves that way, but Jesus sees us that way, how I, I just upsetting is that as the we don't see each other, but Jesus is like, you are the light of the world. So why aren't you going out and spreading that light or talking positively about yourself and Tim kind of talked about that today about how we need to be more positive and kind of take those things out to others about closing that gap I think is what he kind of mentioned and we'll get to that here in a second but the cross that bridges the gap between those things and how can we close that well we have to be kind of that positive light to others so well and I you know Tim Tim does such a good job of, of teaching the Bible, but then he also puts some some good psychology messages into yeah. it about how we think. And and I think this is a really good example of where at least my thought and what I wrote down while he was talking about that is sometimes I'm more critical of myself than I am of anyone mm. else. Right. So I say things about myself and to myself that I wouldn't say to my worst enemy. So true. And and I think this idea that, I don't want to say it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that, that's really too dramatic, but if we're constantly beating ourselves up, if we're constantly using language that, that tears us down, yeah, how is that honoring God when God says, here's who you are? Yeah. 
And um, again, w- without being, you know, uh, too cheesy, I, I do like songs. Yeah. Um, I listen to a fair amount of Christian music. And, and so was, as uh, Tim was talking about this, I thought about the You Say, uh-huh. the song from Lauren Dangle. Did I say that right? Daigle. 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 Yeah. Lauren Daigle. And, you know, again, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's, um, let's see if I can find it here. But basically it's this idea that, you know, you say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I'm strong when I am weak. And and basically what it comes down to is you, you are my identity, uh-huh. right? Not what I say about myself. It's what you say uh-huh. about me. And for anybody who might be struggling a little bit with that, I would encourage you to listen to this song. Look, Beautiful. Look at the lyrics. It just really kind of summarizes, in my opinion, that we all struggle with mm-hmm. this, for one. And number two, it really puts the the context of some of the things Tim talked about into a language that's really easy to understand. Yeah. And it's a great, whenever you mentioned that before we even started the podcast, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a really great song. When you're down and down on yourself and you're having a lot of self concerns or issues or negative talk, that is a fantastic song that seems to come up on your play. Right? Whenever you've got all these different songs, that's the one that really comes through. So I think that's a great one to, if you're listening and you want to listen to a song that will definitely help you answer who you are, that is a song that would do that for sure. And I will do you all a favor by promising to never <laughs> sing on the podcast. No, I, I will, on the podcast. I will, I will reference songs, but I promise yeah. to never sing them. But a great thing that he mentioned about that is the identity, he kind of used a graph about, you know, identity is kind of the bullseye, right? And what you believe. And and again, that self-fulfilling prophecy, basically. Like, if I believe that I am in shape or if I'm going to be a, a healthy individual, then you're more likely to set those processes in place, which is kind of the next layer, mm-hmm. and then make those outcomes, right? Whatever outcomes you have. Many of us, if you think about it, we set outcomes first. Like, hey, I want to lose 20 pounds, Right. And so then you're setting this outcome, but you really have no process as to how that's going to happen, right? And you also don't start seeing yourself as that. You see yourself as, I need to lose 20 pounds. Right. And that's kind of the prophecy that he was talking about with, with Jesus itself is starting to see yourself as that identity. How are you? A, are you a Christian? And you see yourself that way, then portray that. What's the process that you do? And what's the outcome that you're going to get there? So you continue to kind of build that progression i think through that uh, and, and to your point we we often try to do that in exactly the wrong order right so <laughs> we 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 start with the with the outcome and then we're like okay what mm-hmm. about the process and the identity it all starts with your identity Amen. I, am i going to make healthy choices am i going to you know read scripture what whatever that yeah. habit is that you're trying to form really starts with the identity of what do you believe yeah and and are you willing to make that commitment um you know, kind of late in the the sermon, and we're jumping around a little bit here today, and I think that's okay. But but late in the sermon, um, Tim just talked about this idea that we need new habits, right? Just in general, like as we as we think about this in our identity, we need new habits. And he made the point, which I thought was exceptional, which is we as humans are always going to take the path of least resistance, or at least often we're going to take the last the path of least resistance. And so, how do we make this easy on ourselves. How do we make this as easy as possible on ourselves? And and we were talking about this, Brooke, I think even even last evening as we were kind of socializing as a family, but um, this idea that you got to get away from the people who pull you mm-hmm. in the wrong direction. And when you're around people who are taking you down a path that you don't want to go down, that pulls you further and further away from God. It pulls you further and further away from your identity. 
and it's a trap. Yeah. And so this idea that, you know, we, we may say we want to form a new habit, but we hang out with the same people, or we may say we want to form a new habit, but we still drive through, you know, whatever restaurant yeah. or, you know, what, whatever. Yeah. And, and so, um, I, I think that's the challenge here is we have to understand our identity. Uh-huh. We have to be confident in that identity. We have to trust who God says we are and then make a commitment to that. And that has trade-offs. That that might mean that some of your unhealthy relationships you need to give up. Uh-huh. That might mean some of your unhealthy habits and you know eating or lack of exercising or whatever else is is something you've got to change. Yeah. And those things are hard. But I think sometimes I know for me sometimes I just I just want those things to fix themselves. Yeah. Without making the tough decisions to make that happen. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And we did talk a little bit about that and how we need to change our mindset and make those relationships different based off of what your outcome is, right? So your identity is going to have to change. And a lot of times with your identity changing, the processes or people around you do change because you're starting to form into a different thought process and and you're maybe following scripture and you're wanting to have a better relationship with the Lord and those friends aren't making good choices, then you have to tend to pull away from that and do a different type of identity or process. So yeah, that's a great point. Um, and I think he talks a little bit about the different gaps that we have. And it, he actually mentions, and he brought up a great, you know, kind of picture description of the cross across basically yep. a canyon, right? Yep. And saying that the cross bridges the gap. So we are able to have that relationship because of the cross. But it also closes the gap. And he talks a little bit about um, how, again, we get to that point in our lives where it's going to allow us that relationship, but also allows us to see who we are. And I think seeing ourselves in his identity is where it really closes that. It, it makes it very, even though we still struggle and we all ha- will have those struggles, I think it's so much easier to get out of those moments when you have that relationship and you've closed that like listen, I know I'm doing some self-talk today, but the relationship that I have with Jesus, and I know he knows who I am. And today's not the, not that day. I'm not portraying what he would want me to portray. I think that was a great kind of analogy to see that difference, I guess, and and analogy through how we close that gap between that. Yeah. And and one of the things that he, he talked about in that same vein was this idea of positional sanctification versus progressive sanctification. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was interesting because, you know, when, I, when I've always thought about the cross as a symbolism to bridge the gap, you see it as, as kind of me on one side and my sinful nature and, and you know, heaven on the other side or, or sanctification on the other side, and, and it closes the gap. Yeah. Haven't necessarily thought about it as a progressive, yeah. and I thought that was interesting. And so the the example that he used today in the sermon was the very moment you say "I do" in your wedding vows, you're married. Yeah, you're never going to be more or less married. True. But 45 years later, <laughs> or in my case, almost 20 years yeah. later, you are going to know things about each other where arguably you are more married yeah. than you ever were. So. It doesn't mean that at that moment you accept Christ that you are saved, right? But because you are, you're one hundred percent saved. But it's that progression mm-hmm. of growth and how does it change your life and where do you find your identity and and how does it um, uh, inform the daily decisions that you mm-hmm. make and the way you treat people 
that can be a progression. And yeah. sometimes that progression is forward. Sometimes that progression is backwards. Absolutely. But this idea that it's a it's a progression. Yeah. And there's good days and bad days. Right. Yep. And so I think that I think that, again, when we're giving examples of those things that you can apply to your life, people understand. Right. So it's hard for people to see that relationship gap and bridge necessarily like what you said. I see myself on one side, yep. sanctification on the other. I may have a couple days, but I don't see it as a progressive relationship. Yep. And and him knowing who I am, right, in that, and me knowing him. Um, and so I would, I just keep thinking back to the time of, you know, in marriage, that's a great, and but also any relationship, right? If you know each other for a few seconds, you start to build that relationship, but then years later, you know so much more about each other. Um, and so how to you know, finish each other's sentences and understand where they're coming from in that communication, hearing Jesus in that communication, because in the beginning, you're just starting out. Very few people would say they understand scripture or they understand who they're talking to when they're praying or how to pray. And I think as you formulate that relationship and progression, you definitely get that strength out of that for sure. Yeah. So let's, let's maybe, um, you know, as far as a, a question to kind of wrap this up. So what are ways, and you hit on some of them, but but what are ways that we do progress as Christians? So let, let's take a, a simple example of maybe somebody who came to Christ who, you know, had never been church, never really read scripture, but they were, you know, at an event or in a sermon or at a service, mm-hmm. and they had that that interaction with God. They, yeah. they had that God moment. They, they um, committed their lives to Christ. What's that progression look like for someone in that? situation who's who's clearly saved but now there's a progression yeah and i think each each have each of us are individuals we will each have our own journey i think but i would say that i think in those moments when you know and we all understand that there's that moment of knowing oh this is this is him talking to me or this is something bigger than what i have ever felt before or known before it does inspire you. I think it inspires me to walk away and, um, again, have those conversations with others like-minded, right? We have a lot of, we brought up small groups today. Amazing way to have those conversations of, but I didn't understand this, or are you feeling this way? Getting those uh, relationships, again, seeing that and hearing from other people's dynamic and how they've done it, how their journey has led them to different things. Um, again, diving in to the Bible and really reading. But as we mentioned a few weeks ago, I think every time you dive in, you read the same yeah. scripture. It can mean something Absolutely. different today than it did yesterday. Yep. And I think he speaks a lot through that in prayer. Um, so that would be my, you know, uh, obvious response to people when they say, hey, I, I'm longing for that relationship. I just don't know how to get there. I feel it, but I don't know how to get there. Surround yourself with people, dive into the Bible and start praying. And you can't pray wrong. Nope. No, you can pray wrong. So just do your best. And again, God will continue to give you, you'll build that progressive relationship and you will get to the point where you're talking to him throughout the day. I know I do. Yep. Like in those 10 second moments, like, hey, no, where you? I, I need you right. real quick. Yeah. We're going to have to say a little prayer. So um, yeah, just use that. No. So, I, what about you? Well, it's very similar. I, I think that's, you know, the you know, resonates with me very clearly. And I, you know, oftentimes I'll think about much like what Tim did today, I'll think about in the context of a marriage relationship mm-hmm. or even a friendship. And right. And you know, you you have that initial relationship and it's it's 
critical and it's important, but then you, you learn and you grow and you develop and, and you experience things together. And, and, you know, there are times when, you know, you, you stub your toe and you're like, okay, I, I got to apologize. I got to ask for forgiveness or whatever it may be. And so I think, you know, being cognizant of the fact that it's a journey, being cognizant of the fact that you are secure in your identity, the identity that God has given you and, and, you know, assuming that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's there's confidence in that identity that you have eternal life with Jesus Christ. And then from there, it's how do I evolve? How do I grow? How do I get closer to God? How do I share my faith? How do I, um, you know, learn to love others as as Christ would call us to love others? And those things grow and evolve. And I think scripture and prayer and, you know, time with people, I think it's in Proverbs, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. And I think you know, and, and bad company corrupts good morals. And so, you know, you've got both sides sure. of that. And that is this idea that I, I, I want to draw close to people who are like-minded and doesn't mean any of us are perfect, but we want to grow together. And I think it's with sometimes when we put ourselves in unhealthy relationships or we go back to maybe our, mm-hmm. our quote unquote old lives, that's where we, we can really deviate from God's purpose for our life. So I think surround yourself with good people, uh, be in scripture, uh, certainly, uh, see God out in prayer. And then, and then, yeah, I guess the last thing I would say on that topic is forgive yourself, like be kind to yourself, be gracious to yourself. You're not perfect. Um, none of us are perfect. Um, but keep, keep getting up, keep doing the things you're supposed to be doing. Trying to see yourself through his eyes. Yes. I think it's perfect. Yeah. It's a great thing to try to see yourself. He, he said that we were the light and try and be that light. That's perfect. Yeah. All right. With that, I think we'll end the podcast for this week. We will see you all next week. God bless. We love you.